0: This is Paul, and this is Wayne. So I think that at this point in time, we have to declare Tim legally dead. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I've seen hide nor hair of him. Uh, I think someone has hacked his uh, his Instagram account because every now and then I get, you know, a like, uh, but <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's his wife, <laughs> I, you know, just using his, uh, his, his Apollyon account. Yeah, because uh, Tim
1: doesn't like anything.
0: It's exactly. Fair. Exactly. Yeah, that is that is it is off brand to Wayne's <laughs> point. So uh I, I think we have to declare Tim legally dead, and uh, you know, next week will be our We mourn Tim episode.
2: Uh, um, I'm not. I'm so. not splicing together a best of Tim. Just just so you know, like that's a little. <laughs> <laughs> so if you'd like
0: to share your fond Tim remembrances. Uh, Give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your Tim Remembrance on the show, you'll win absolutely nothing because that's the way Tim would want it. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Okay, well, now that 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 sad business is over. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. I watched me some Old Guard last night on Netflix.
2: Yeah, so yes, as of the time of this recording, um, last night or yesterday, Netflix released The Old Guard based on the Greg Rucka uh, image series of the same name. We I only read the first miniseries, uh, comic book miniseries, but um, I believe there's been at least one or two more. Uh, there's, so, there's been
0: two, I think.
2: I think the I second be- one is currently being published. The second, or yeah. the third one, I should say. Yeah. Um, uh, and I've read
0: the first two. I I have purchased, I believe, the, the current run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just haven't read it yet.
2: Yeah. So this but, is, a, uh, you know, more of an introduction, kind of based on the, uh, I shouldn't say kind of, but based on the first, um, with, you know, some uh, elaboration and, and changes for the, for the screen, uh, but Greg Rucka was involved in the screenwriting. You know, he, he was executive one of the executive producer and executive producer, and uh, you know, it stars Charlize Theron, um, Chiwetel Ejiofor. I'm um, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, and a bunch of other uh-huh. people who I don't know. Um, Can I just say that if I was required
0: to pick Charlize Theron out of a lineup? I couldn't do it because she looks completely different in everything she's in. Well, there's that. I mean, she is a chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> I, it is, is mind blowing to me on how how just strikingly different she she appears. She's just one of those actors actors who uh, uh, you know can really change her her physicality and and her. Uh, her whole persona just so effectively, like you know, Al Pacino is the same guy in every movie he's in, but she is she just really dons the the, the garments of her character and just completely changes herself.
2: I I don't disagree, and I'm a fan of Charlize yeah. Theron. Um, you know, As I, I. you know, especially you know, I, I appreciate that she tend that she has a, enough open mindedness to go for genre and action films, um, yeah. you know, and so. I, you know, I, I enjoy her on the screen and, uh, you know, so I was excited with the old guard. I enjoyed the miniseries. I enjoy Greg Rucka, friend of the podcast, Greg Rucka. That is correct. First interview of the podcast, Greg Rucka. First friend of the, uh, Greg Rucka was on this podcast before Wayne was. That, that, um, that's true. <laughs> almost, it, Greg Rucka technically was on this podcast before I was because Aaron interviewed him before <laughs> we recorded our first episode. That That is true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh i i gotta tell you i i really enjoy the old guard comic book series and i really enjoyed this movie did you really uh, i did i enjoyed it a lot i, I felt like I, it's not perfect uh there were things that i would have liked to have seen uh more explored mm-hmm. um but you know it's a two hour five minute film and it felt like 90 minutes to me. I mean, it just, the movie seemed <laughs> yeah, actually, to sail
2: by to me. That's so funny. I feel the reverse. I feel like, it, for me, it was a two-hour, five-minute film that felt like a three-hour movie. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like they could have trimmed a half hour out of it. And quite frankly, so let me preface this by saying, I feel like there are merits to the film. I you know, I would say the the final action sequence was well-choreographed, well-filmed, and exciting. Um, Charlize Theron was very good. Most of the actors were actually pretty good in the film. Um, Uh but I felt like the pacing was slow and I felt like with the characters and with the story that they had, they needed a director with some style. Cause I feel Mm -hmm. like this was filmed one. It had the Netflix bloat of being too long and two, it felt like it didn't really have any style to it. It was filmed very matter-of-factly, like quite frankly, like an episode of Arrow, or or something like that. Um, like there really wasn't just you know style or camera tricks or anything like that that really drew me in, like uh, like Extraction did, which is also based on a comic book and also a Netflix movie that came out just a few months ago um, you with know, uh, Chris Hemsworth. With Chris Hemsworth, which is you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a dumb film with no story. But it has a lot of style and some excellent action. Um, whereas this one has some some decent action and no real style. At least I felt there was no real style to to the film. Versus some of I, the other things I've seen. Yeah, there. I, I will
0: agree. There is no fingerprints of the director on it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it it is rather straightforward direction. Um, I will say that one of my issues with with the show. Mm-hmm. And let me just back up a second. The Old Guard is is based on the Greg Greg Rucka comic book (laughs) and is about a a small band of uh, mercenaries who happen to be immortal. Think Highlander, right? Um, But this is, you know, these guys, you know, have no uh, idea why they're immortal, but, you know, they get shot up, they come back to life. Um, there's no, there can be only one, there's no, you know, don't lose your head. However, there is something rather like the quickening from, from Highlander where when a new one is born, uh, meaning that they have died and come back to life for the first time, the others sense it, it shows up in their dreams, uh, and, and it helps them identify who that person is and and to locate them. But yeah, think Highlander, these guys, you know, have been around forever and, um, you know they, they fight for the causes they believe in, and then some centuries that makes them a good guy. Other centuries, not so much. Uh, but they they kind of follow their own moral compass and you know f- you know choose their fights very selectively, and that plays a part in both the setup for for the uh, for the movie as well as you know sort of the surprise at the end. Um, but my my big complaint about the film uh, is that it's the emotional beat is very much the same throughout the, throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Charlize, uh, Theron, Theron, uh, Andy in the, in the film. Uh, she, she is really at the same place emotionally throughout 97% of the film. Yeah. Right. Uh, she's dour. She's, you know, uh, very, you know, doesn't want to do this. You know, kind of a "I don't even want to be here today" kind of thing, or "I wasn't even supposed to be here today" kind of thing. Uh, and I, what I really wanted to see, and I think what the what the comic book succeeds in so well that perhaps the film does not. Is the flashbacks, you know, think about, you know, uh, Highlander and how it flashed back to his earlier days.
2: Yes.
0: Um, you got a real sense of the joy he had before he, he his quickening. Right. And you had a sense of his role in history. A lot of what you get about Andy in the film is told to you versus shown to you. And I'm sure a lot of that has to do with budget.
2: Yeah, but because even the flashback sequence. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, no, you go ahead. But even the flashback sequence felt very TV movie. Like it felt TV budget uh-huh. to me. You know, they, there's a there's yeah. a brief flashback sequence, and it's all filmed in broad daylight. Again, with no no style, um, just very matter of fact, and it feel it feels like it was probably filmed on like the bank of someone's river behind their house, kind of thing. Like there's but, no but you know
0: the, to it. the stuff that takes the stuff that takes place in Sudan and Afghanistan felt like it might've been on location. <laughs> you know, that's what was so weird to me yeah. is, is, and I don't know how they did that, but there were some, some really nice desert scenes, uh, that I thought were shot rather well. Uh, but you're right. Everything happens in broad daylight. And while I hate the, uh, the shows where I can't see anything because they're shooting it so dark, I do feel like there's a happy medium.
2: Yeah, I agree. So, uh, you
0: know,
2: I felt like, but I, go ahead. I, am I'll just
0: say I rather enjoyed it. I'm going to watch it again. Uh, cause I, I, did enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I, what I really like about it is it felt like, uh, it's a backdoor pilot. Very the way so. it sets up the way it set up the ending. Uh, and it didn't feel like a backdoor. Hey, we're going to do a whole series of movies. It felt like there's a possibility that there could be a TV series behind it. Um, uh, I, I don't know how you do that with Charlize Throne, but maybe you do. I don't know. Uh, I, I will also add one other thing. I find it amusing. You know, This was released under the Skydance ban- banner, which is uh, Roger Kirkman's uh, imprint, I believe. Um, and I find it amusing that Rucka got his produced on netflix before uh mark miller has really gotten anything of his done over
2: there yeah i'm kind of surprised that you know i know there was the magic order and starlight Uh or star something Uh that was supposed to be Uh you know coming but that they're definitely kind of taking their time on those
1: yeah well i think i'll give the movie a shot based on your guy's description because it sounds interesting i just didn't know anything about old guard I knew the name, but that was it. I didn't even know what it was about. I strongly
2: recommend the comic, but you do not have to have read the comic to watch this film. No, no, not at all. You know, it definitely stands on its own. and fills you in on pretty much everything. Um, And I think the comic, God, I I don't want to misspeak, but I feel like the comic, the original series, had art by Eduardo Riso or someone kind of similar to him in style. Uh Um, Oh, Leandro Fernandez. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, with, because it's such a strong sense of style in the comic. I was hoping for something similar in the movie. But that being said, overall, if there was a sequel, I'll watch the sequel. If it's a pilot for a, a mini series or an ongoing series or something, it, it's probably planned to be movies. Um, you know, I would watch that. I would recommend, like, you know, I mentioned it earlier in the conversation, if neither of you have seen Extraction, it's um, it's based on a comic. I started it. Mm-hmm. I started the extraction.
0: I think I'm 30 minutes into it. He gets he gets the kid out, and that and that's where I
2: stopped. Yeah, and it, I, I just stopped because I moved on to something else, not because I hated it or anything. It is pretty much once that happens, once he gets the kid, it is pretty much just nonstop action um, mm-hmm. till the end. And again, there's no real story to it. It's basically like a modern day <laughs> commando type movie. Um, but and it, those are okay. Yeah, but it's filmed by the same. The director of it is the guy who has done the action direction for um, all the Russo brothers Marvel films. So all those yeah. cool action sequences in the Captain America Winter Soldier and Civil War and Avengers, they were you know he was the action director for those. And this is his first feature length direction. And again, it is based on a comic book by Andy Parks, um, who you know I'm I'm a fan of. He he did a pretty awesome arc on uh, Green Arrow with Phil Hester. Uh, so I mean, I mean it's 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 definitely worth watching if you like big action. Yeah, you know. And uh, speaking of Netflix, other news uh, on Netflix and other comic-related news, uh, Sabrina has uh, been announced that it is. You know, I, I keep hearing canceled. In the you know you if you read articles about it, it sounds like Chilling Adventures of Sabrina has been canceled. But if you actually read the articles, you see the creators of the show say. I appreciate that Netflix has allowed us to go on, our, go out on our own terms and give the story a definitive ending. So, yeah. you know, maybe they just got, maybe they have been canceled, but given one season to wrap it up kind of thing. Or, yeah. you know, maybe the creators just wanted to wrap it up after four seasons. Who knows? I just
0: find it amusing that, that more episodes of Sabrina have come out on Netflix than issues of the comic have been published. I think
2: they only got to one, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, how many issues of that comic actually got published? You know, that that Archie imprint, I don't remember what it was called, you know, the Archie horror imprint, it was probably just called Archie horror. Um, that thing shit the bed. Like, you know, Afterlife yeah, with well, Archie went nowhere, Chilling be... Adventures went nowhere.
1: They seem to send a lot out on the, like, Jughead the Hunger and Vampironica, Vampironica the yeah. book. Yeah, the two books I'm not reading out of that imprint. Right. But when was the last time we saw an Afterlife with Archie? And yeah. I
2: loved that book. Yeah, that book was really good, and then it just kinda stopped. And, you know, to my I, I think the issue isn't the artists. I believe the issue is the writer. Um Roberto yeah. Aguirre sacosa I think something like that. Yeah. Who's not well, only because
0: he's been busy producing Sabrina.
2: Yeah, all the and Riverdale, and I think there was some yeah. other spin off of Riverdale on television as well. Uh, because, you know, his TV, work is, his TV work is going
1: to pay him a whole lot more than his comic book yeah. work. You know, it's one of those things. I loved that first season of Sabrina, mm-hmm. and I never made it through the second season, Same. let alone th- season three. And with Riverdale, I really enjoyed what I watched of the first season, but I never finished the first season or any other seasons of it. Yeah. And I don't know why. <laughs> like, with Sabrina, I just lost interest. With Riverdale, for some reason, it just, I don't know, I think I didn't watch some of it, and then suddenly I had this big back catalog, and it was too intimidating to start watching again.
0: I feel like my problem with Sabrina is that it was too much of a good thing. I felt like I was continuing to eat this terrific pie, and it was just too much. And, you know, so I stopped watching because I i sort of devoured the first season, you know, in a weekend, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the I think they did like a Christmas special and then the second season came along
2: and I was like, oh, OK,
0: I got to walk away from this. And I've honestly kind of forgotten it was out there.
2: You know, for me, in both situations, I enjoyed the first season of both shows, except the season finales established a status quo that I wasn't particularly interested in. So when season two came out, I'm like, oh, like the show that they set up for this coming season isn't one that I particularly have much of an interest in. So I'm out, yeah. like, you know, like there was, it didn't become required viewing after the first season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's I, a really good point because that's how I felt about Sabrina is I didn't like where it left off at the end of the first season and season two, I started and I just didn't enjoy it anywhere near as much as season one.
2: You know, I compare it to a show like Ozark or Yellowstone. And those first seasons ended. And I know neither of those are comic shows. But both those first seasons ended and I was anxiously awaiting the second season. With Sabrina and Riverdale, I was like, eh, okay, I'm good. Like, I got enough, you know? Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, th- I think those are, you know, it's a, I don't, I, I don't anticipate that I will ever finish Sabrina unless, you know, we, we lose all other forms of media that would, uh. You know, interest me over the next few years um well it seems like dc universe got enough of stargirl <laughs> i think i think hbo <laughs> has enough of dc universe i think uh i think the writing is on <laughs> yeah. the wall you know we talked i think last week and i don't remember if this was recorded or not that dc universe was offering um a plus-up deal to get hbo max for an additional five bucks through the end of the year and you know i think it was offline i commented I feel like what they're doing is they're setting up for you to be used to paying $15 a month so that by the end of the year, they're going to say, DC Universe is done, keep paying the same price and get HBO Max instead and, and keep all the content that you've been getting, um, except the comic books, I'm assuming. Um, you know, And it, with between Doom Patrol being a, a joint venture between DC Universe and uh, HBO Max, and now Stargirl has been renewed for Season 2, exclusive to CW. Yeah, Which um, is like the really out.
1: annoying to me Because I don't watch TV As it's coming out normally But I'm watching this As they drop the episodes on uh, DC Universe I don't want to have to go over to a CW app Because I'm not going to watch actual CW And I don't want ads
2: I'm assuming that it'll probably You know they'll it, it'll I don't know if CW shows come on Hulu Or what um, They go to Netflix Yeah so, yeah. uh, you know, like,
0: I mean, Flash winds up there like like two weeks after the uh, season finale. Uh, same thing with, uh, you know, I think Legends of Tomorrow comes out a little bit later. And, uh, you know, all
1: the Arrowverse shows uh, drop f- fairly quickly. Um, yeah, and so, CW does have its own app and it's one that yeah. I can get on my TV and I have those have installed. commercials. though. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You know, I think, and annoying commercials that you can't zip through. I know I mean, it's, I, and I, it's I, the same help. commercial. <laughs> and if you rewind, you have to redo the commercial again. Oh, uh, it is crazy annoying. I hate I hate those uh, network apps. Yeah.
2: So you know, I, I think uh, I think we may have till the end of the year for DC Universe as far as the comic book aspect of it. I'm, I'm curious what'll happen there. I'm assuming they will probably just remove all media content. From DC Universe and maybe just make it um, a comic app, but I think even Marvel is ending their Marvel Digital Unlimited, uh, you know, uh, comic so or you know service. So I don't know what DC's going to do. You know, if they'll just yeah. you know sign up with Comicsology Unlimited or whatever. You know, they they definitely have um, they're embracing their digital you know customers as of late since uh, you know this uh, Corona stuff started. So we'll see. Yeah. But I, I do think. New, you know, despite the fact that Titan Season 3 has been announced, I really don't think it's going to end up on the DC Universe app. I don't think there will be a DC no, Universe I, app come January. I
0: think you those uh, those more traditional, primetime-ish uh, original content on DC Universe is going to find homes
2: elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious
1: where they'll, where they'll put Harley Quinn.
2: Probably HBO It's uh, all going to go to HBO, HBO Max. And I think it's because yeah, they need I, HBO I, Max to be successful. I agreed. Yeah, I'm betting they're looking at the numbers
1: of people that actually are reading the comics to decide if it's worthwhile or not. It would be really nice though if Marvel and DC both just folded those entire catalogs into Comixology Unlimited. I would then subscribe to that, which yeah. I already do because I have a on Prime, uh, and just you know, actually use that more.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the things I enjoy about the DC Universe app is not necessarily the original primetime content that they have, but the original comic book content they have with interviews with creators, uh, you know the the I, I could not be less interested than their random people talking about the comics, but them sitting down and talking to Jim Lee, Greg Rucka, Marv Wolfman, all these you know fantastic DC creators, and having those there, and the, the different documentaries that they have on there. Uh, I think that I think the DC Universe app is a great place for dvd bonus material to live
1: yeah there's Uh, a really good mini on there that is i can't remember how many issues but they just go through the grant morrison swamp thing issues Mm -hmm. and it's just they are making fun of the all of the insanity in a very loving way issue by issue and i've been really enjoying that
0: i think that's the kind of content that, you know, I, I'm really looking for in those types of apps. And, you know, the only reason I've not bought the DC Universe app is because I don't have a good way to stream it other than uh, uh, Chromecast, and I really hate Chromecast. Um, you know, w- if it were available on any of my devices, as I have said many times before, I would absolutely subscribe to DC Universe.
1: Yeah, that's why I didn't subscribe for so long. It wasn't yeah. until I got a new TV. And unfortunately, HBO Max doesn't have... Uh, have a app for Roku TV.
0: Yeah. And I I will say I am enjoying the hell out of, uh, HBO max. Uh, I'm, I'm using it a great deal. Uh, it, you know, I'm having to Chromecast it and again. I hate the Chromecast. Um, HBO max is available on far too few platforms right now for it to, to really be a viable product. They've got to get that shit straightened out. They've got to get on Amazon. If they, I, I, all of these guys, should should execute a deal with Amazon. I
1: don't know why they haven't. Yeah. HBO Max is on PlayStation 4, though, which is funny because DC Universe has still not ever been on PlayStation 4. Well,
0: I need them to make an app for my PlayStation 2. That's what I need. <laughs> <them to> do.
1: <laughs> I don't ever turn on my PlayStation 4 unless I actually am going to put a disc in. And how rare is that? I mean, at this point, once I got the TV that had all the apps built in. I quit using that as my center of my entertainment system yeah
2: yeah it's it, you know i have hbo max on my xbox but it is frustrating because um, dc universe DC, they're all mostly available on the xbox right um but, you know, it's just one of those things that they just need to figure it out. Like, the HBO Max isn't available on Amazon Fire Stick. It's not available on Roku. Like, that's why your service isn't successful, because it's not available right. on the top two things that people use, you know? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Suck, suck I it have a the fi- fuck up is what it. they need to do. Yeah, it, it, I have because... a Fire Stick. I could fall back to that even, you know, even though I have a smart TV, but it's not on there either. It doesn't do it any good the only
0: reason that they don't have a deal with Amazon is because they have not wanted to execute a deal with Amazon that they've just not come to terms. Mm-hmm. Suck it the fuck up, make it happen and you'll, you'll, you'll sign up more members yes. and this customer would be a, would be a lot more happy because <laughs> <laughs> man, I hate that Chromecast interface. Me too.
1: Me yeah. too. Yeah. Well, I was so frustrated when I heard that star was going to uh, CW exclusive because right now that's the only new content on dc universe that i'm watching and i still watch it every week it drops on a monday i watch it on monday Are you i usually doom watch patrol it over lunch on monday yeah because i started doom patrol but i like i went a marathon doom patrol i don't like watching it week to
2: week gotcha agreed well you know um speaking of hbo max and dc it was announced yesterday that um a spinoff to the upcoming The Batman Movie uh, from Matt Reeves and starring Robert Pattinson. Uh, they're going to be doing a Gotham PD series on HBO Max.
0: Uh, you I'm know. really hoping this is going to be that Gotham Central show that we've been, want-
2: been wanting forever. I hope so. You know, I, I, I do hope so. I, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, you know, I we talked about this movie uh, a couple weeks ago on the podcast and how I'm like, meh, on the movie um but you know i'm I'm actually more excited about this tv series than i am with that movie yeah and uh, yeah definitely i'm not
0: excited at all about the film but uh with the exception of uh, well it's the the flash movie i guess that i'm interested in yeah, yeah but uh but i when they when they mentioned this i am filled with the same hope that i was filled when i heard about gotham and then you know disappointed in gotham
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah <laughs> uh but I, I would really love to see a, a Gotham Central-style show where, you know, Batman doesn't show up. We're not looking for Batman. You know, it's how the the Gotham Police Department detectives uh, deal with crime in Gotham and how they've got to race the night. Because you got to solve your crime before the end of the day, because if you don't,
1: Batman's taken
0: over at night.
1: Yeah. I you love know- that. You know, poor Tim is rolling over in his grave that we said something bad about Gotham.
0: I know, but boy, I hated that show.
1: <laughs> I did I did not like it either. Yeah, yeah. oh, it was terrible.
2: And, you know, so as we're talking about the DC Universe and this upcoming Batman movie. A, a couple weeks ago, we were on the show. Um, I think the last episode we released, you know, we had... Well, I had mentioned the rumor that Ryan Reynolds may be coming back as Green Lantern as a cameo in the Zack Snyder Justice League movie. Now, You know, so this week, Umberto Gonzalez, who's the heroic Hollywood guy, I think, um, and you know, he works for a pretty decent company. He's got, you know, he's got that insider knowledge and he debunked a lot of the DC rumors that, you know, that were coming out like, oh, Ben Affleck is signing a deal to return as Batman, Green Lantern, you know, he debunked that, things like that. But on the flip side, it's one of those situations where every, you know, he said, well, my insider information says this isn't true. And there's this other person that also supposedly has insider information that's saying it is true. So I don't know which fake insider news to believe. Um, so I'm just holding out hope. I'm just looking forward to the Snyder Cut next year. I'm looking forward to the Gotham PD series. Um, you know, hopefully this Flashpoint movie. That at least we know that the Flashpoint movie is a real thing. Well, if it happens, um, and that but Michael Keaton, you know, is back as Batman. So you know, there are real things that we know are happening.
1: Yeah, it's amusing to me, all of the uh, news that keeps coming out around the DCEU, because I just don't care about the DCEU, except now with that Michael Keaton is, in, is involved, suddenly I'm interested again. Exactly. Yeah. But until that announcement, I had no intention of ever watching another DCEU movie, except for Wonder Woman.
2: Well, well uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, that's coming, too. I'm
0: stoked. I'm ready. I'm stoked. Me too, me too. Give me give me some of that Snyder cut. Give me some of that, uh, uh, you know, Michael Keaton in the Batman suit again. I'm, I'm excited. Well,
2: you know. Gimme, give gimme. Give but you
0: can hold on to your Michelle Pfeiffer in the Catwoman suit. I'm,
2: <laughs> I'm going to pass on that. Hard pass. Well, you know, since we're talking <laughs> about Flash and, and and reboots and stuff, I picked up the trade paperback of Flash Forward uh, that came out this week. You know, we talked about this, the conclusion of this series a little while back, because it ends with Wally West getting the power of Dr. Manhattan. And the next time we see him is in the pages of Death Metal, number one, where he's been taken captive uh, by the Batman who laughs. And, you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, long story short, there was this whole plan for there to be a um, DC fifth generation 5G, um you know, where Luke Fox would take over as Batman. Um, Damien, no, uh, uh, Jonathan Kent, not Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan Kent would take over as Superman, that kind of thing. Well, obviously, you know, with Dan DiDio gone, those plans have been scrapped. Um, you know, there's no clearer evidence of that than they just recently solicited, solicited Batman issue 101, when originally 100 was supposed to be the last issue before the relaunch. Um, and James the IV is staying with the title. So, 5G has been scrapped, as has everything that was leading up to it, including a Generation Zero free comic book day issue, which with free comic book day, you know, kind of, you know, during the, you know, canceled during the pandemic, and now the titles are coming out weekly, uh, starting, I think, next week throughout the summer at your local comic shop, Uh, DC was not announced that they would not release that Generation Zero free comic book day issue. However... It was actually included in the trade paperback collection of Flash Forward. And so in addition to getting caught up on the series, I decided to go ahead and and pick up pick it up because I wanted to see what that story was intended to be. Um, and I will say, you know, I, I enjoyed the, sh- the story. I thought it was very cool. Um, you know, it, it's basically the story of Wally West, you know, with the power of Dr. Manhattan, Working his way back through history and choosing and basically rewriting history to bring back um, continuity. Like Barbara Gordon being Oracle and, you know, Blue Beetle dying and Superman dying and being reborn and the original Teen Titans and things like that. Like basically, he's bringing back the original, you know, the post crisis, first crisis continuity, Um, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Except the story ends with someone changing the multiverse again, like while he's trying to fix it and corrupting it. And it ends up being the Batman who laughs. So it's kind of a big, big nothing, (laughs) Um, you know, like because basically, and I don't know if that was the original intent or if it just got rewritten because of the canceled 5g, because it basically seems like Wally West was going to fix history. And then the Batman who laughs screwed it up and captures him at the end of the book, which leads into death metal. Um, so it it's just kind of funny. Like I don't I, I would it, at some point in the future I'm assuming we'll get the real story of what actually happened uh with 5G because it, it to me feels like it was going one way and then all of a sudden the story changed. Um yeah. and maybe that's exactly what happened. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens in death metal. I, you know, clearly death metal is, is meant to do some type of continuity rearranging. Um but It doesn't really affect any of the main DC titles right now, so there's a lot of interest, weird stuff going on in those books right now. So just kind of curious to see how it all shakes out at the end of the year. But I enjoyed the, I I did enjoy the short story, and I'm looking forward to rereading that whole flash forward series in one bucket because it's kind of like the redemption of Volley West. I can't believe you bought
0: an entire trade paperback for that one little story for a free comic book,
2: right? <laughs> for, <laughs> I, bu- I bought a thirteen dollar trade paperback for what was intended to be a free comic book. Yes, I did. Yeah, that. I just, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a little, you know, struck by that. But
0: okay, hey, Paul. Yes, sir. Deceased, Dead Planet number one, one of seven, came out this week.
2: Oh, seven
0: uh, issues. Yeah, seven issues of this thing. Um, we really enjoyed uh, the previous iterations of Deceased. Um, uh, Wayne, did you pick this one up? Oh yeah. Okay,
1: I just want to make sure that all three of us are in on this one. Um, Seven I issues some... that probably could be three if they actually made intelligent decisions. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I've got. I, I had some issues with this book. Uh, I liked it.
0: I'll say that up front. But uh, I, I had some issues with this book. But before I jump
1: on it, Wayne, tell me what you thought. So I have some issues with the book too. However. I also have my happy moment of the year so far reading a comic in okay. this issue, and that was Crypto. But why did they leave him behind? Yeah. I have that same problem. of why, why was he behind? But uh-huh. the fact that he is still alive, and he's been alive all this time, and we get to see the reunion, that made me so happy. And the art on his tail that shows how yeah. his tail is wagging like crazy, that was my happy moment. But you know, I have that same question of... Why in the hell did they leave him behind? Who forgot crypto? So what remember, kind of horrible dog owner are you, Jonathan Kent, to leave behind your dog on a zombie-infested planet?
0: So, you know, in the uh, previous volume, the, uh, the survivors of the uh, uh, anti-life equation on Earth had to flee to another planet to survive, leaving Earth— to be a zombie infested ruin. So uh what we this issue opens up with the survivors on what is being called Earth 2. Uh you know, instead of giving it a name like New Earth or Nuevo Earth or you know New Terra, something like that, they call it Earth Two, which annoys me. I don't think anyone would call it that. Uh, maybe Earth Jr. Uh, <laughs> uh
1: it is a very it, DC name though.
0: It is a very DC name. Uh the uh the survivors get a distress signal in morse code from the head of cyborg um and so they return to earth which is where we dis- discern that uh you know they just abandoned crypto and so you know crypto is happy to see superboy and i'd like to point out i have kenneled my dog before for an afternoon and when i've gone to pick up my dog she has been so upset with me she wouldn't even look at me you know, and and so, you know, it's been five years that crypto has been on the zombie infested ruin of planet Earth. And he's happy to see Superboy. This uh, crypto is much more forgiving than my dog. Just saying. <laughs> Um But I got to tell you, as a as a dog owner, if I'm fleeing my burning home, uh, the first thing I'm doing is making sure the dogs are in the car, then making sure that the wife is in the car. Uh, I'm just saying, <laughs> the fact that he left that they left crypto on on planet Earth with with all the zombies. I don't understand this.
1: Yeah, I might forget the wife, but I'm not forgetting the dogs.
0: Exactly. This is my point. I, I I'm just really blown back
1: by that. Uh, anyway, continue, Wayne. <laughs> yeah, I was very happy to see Crypto again, though. I like Jonathan Kent's costume, the design of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it seemed like it's like have you people never seen a zombie movie? Uh-huh. they are well, making such stupid choices. It's a horror movie, you know, is what
0: they've written here. And it's, it's one of those horror movies where the horror can only happen if the heroes make terrible, terrible decisions. You know, and it's not even that they've got somebody on their team that betrays them. It's just them being stupid. And I'm sorry, these characters are
1: all much smarter than they are written here. Yeah, and I mean, you could say that maybe Jonathan and I... Uh, and it's hard to even say that Damian Wayne is inexperienced, but you could say maybe that Jonathan's a little inexperienced. But Diana, or uh, Diana, isn't. You know, she was Black, Black Canary. Canary for a long time before she yeah. became Green Lantern, and she should be smarter than this.
0: Well, and I'm surprised Lois Lane, who apparently is the president of Earth Two, didn't put her foot down. You know, that 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 they're going to send all these heavy hitters, you know, because they're going back to, you know, the ruin that is Earth to rescue the head of Cyborg because he apparently has some information. Um, I think that there is a safe way to do it. But the way you do it is by not sending all your big guns and go sending them all down onto the planet. You you sent. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't have the Green Lantern, uh, you know, scanning it, finding a Green Arrow, and then using his ring to just levitate that
1: thing back up. I don't think you actually have to go down to Earth. I think yeah, you could and, have done all of this from orbit. And they go back for an SOS signal uh-huh. versus all of the people that they know are actually still alive in Poison Ivy's uh-huh. camp. They yeah. don't go back to rescue them, bring them to a safe planet. No, they go back for an s o s signal that could be a trap yeah yeah i, I just i i and you know that the handwriting spoilers the handwriting
0: was on the wall when you know Green Arrow gives his big speech to Black Canary before they leave, and you're oh, he's a dead man <laughs> <laughs> they are killing him in this in this issue, and sure enough, Wonder Woman shows up, and uh you know just mauls green arrow i uh, uh And it's funny, I I say I like this book. I did. I was entertained. I just am really frustrated at how stupid some of the characters are written.
2: But, Paul, I haven't heard anything from you. You know, for me, because I I share a lot of the same gripes you guys did, um, I thought the book was okay. I was very excited about it. And, you know, what's funny is they had this previous deceased miniseries. Um, that we weren't excited about that had, like, you know, the Suicide Squad in it or whatever, and it turned out to be great. And, you know, for me, I'm concerned that this issue to me felt like jumping the shark. I hope I'm wrong. Mm -mm. You know, we we loved the original Deceased, and I said, I'm worried that because it's so popular, we're going to get too much of a good thing, and they're going to jump the shark at some point. And this issue kind of feels like it, and I hope I'm wrong. Um, But, you know... Now, after the first six issues or whatever the first issue, you know, the first miniseries was, and the three issue following series, like it, it feels like a lot of same, same. Like you know, Green Arrow died, and if that had happened in the first series, it would have been heartbreaking. In here, it's like, all right, well, who's next? You know, like it, you know, yeah. the, the the heart yeah. and, and tragedy of the first series wasn't present here um, in this issue. This just kind of feels like your generic, you know, sequel. And I, I gotta be honest, I'm kind of t- I'm already tired of seeing Wonder Woman as the villain, so I hope that's not you know we don't have seven issues of them running from Wonder Woman because um, you know she was already the villain in the last series. And then the series before that. she was, yeah, as I was
1: gonna say she was a villain uh, fighting against Mary Marvel and them too. Yeah. And that was the one thing I was really looking forward to when they started talking about uh, Ivy's Jungle is I want to see them unite with the characters that we enjoyed in yeah. that series. And, and I, I realize we'll now, after reading this one, that they need—they're going to kill off a bunch of characters so they can reunite with those characters. You know, they want to clear the field before they bring the other characters back in. Yeah, right. so I'm still—I like, don't need that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm still in, of course. You know, i, I just, yeah. for me, um, not a strong start uh, no, to, no. to this to the miniseries, and I'm—you know—I'm still hopeful because it's deceased. Um, you know, and hopefully they have a plan to give it. They give this thing a definitive ending. Um, you know, don't I, I? Don't you know? This is already a seven-issue miniseries. Like, are we going to get a deceased three? That's going to be an eight-issue series. Like, you know, just come up with an ending. Work towards your ending. Don't you know? Don't milk this thing forever and ever. Because um, what's going to happen is going to ha- is what happened with Injustice. I loved it in the first season of Injustice, and I haven't read like the last two seasons of it because it just at some point lost interest for me so um
1: what were we j- just they did something stupid that i have to comment on why did they bring the ship down they know wonder woman and all these other superpowered beings are down there that could attack their ship they have people that can survive in space and fly down
2: again if you're going they-
1: to pick up a head just send down someone fast have jonathan fly down really quickly grab it and come back And I maintain you don't even have to leave orbit
0: to do that if you've got a Green Lantern.
2: There are Green Lanterns all around the planet. Really, they could have uh-huh. just had Dinah reach out to, to them and say, hey, can uh-huh. you send a stealth group of Green Lanterns down to the planet to grab Cyborg's head real quick? We'll be by to pick it up. You just,
0: <laughs> you just use your willpower to go pick it up, to, to, to zap it up from orbit. You yeah. don't have to go down
1: there. Yeah. But then well, you wouldn't have a horror movie. As exciting. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of quarantine is it for the Green Lanterns that they just open up and let them by? Yeah, I was expecting them to get there and have to talk their way through yeah. getting down to the planet or maybe even fight their way through. And mm-hmm. the Green Lanterns are just like, no, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, okay. we, we don't know quarantine procedure. Go ahead. Uh, last thing. Um, <laughs> did anybody
0: else feel like the new Wonder Woman outfit for Wonder Girl uh, looked an awful lot like Carol Danvers' Captain Marvel?
2: That didn't hit me that way, but you could be right.
1: I mean... I, I didn't until you just said it. I mean, and it now, looks... Yeah.
0: So much like the Captain Marvel outfit. I was like,
1: huh, that's not,
0: not the best design choice for DC. Hmm. Just saying.
2: Hey, now looking at it, like Wayne said, you know, I see it now. It just didn't uh-huh. ping on me when I was watching, when I was reading it the first time. Well, I was like, why is Captain Marvel in this book? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cause she does. She just looks like the spitting image of Captain Marvel. Anyhow, I, you know, it, I, I like it enough to be in front for issue number two.
1: Yeah, same here. So, we'll see. yeah, I'm I'm definitely on. board. I want to see them reunite with the group in Ivy's jungle. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to right now. Yep,
0: I I do feel like I said it was the last thing, but maybe there's one more thing. Um, I feel like we needed more time on Earth Two, um, to really feel like you know we understood the stakes. Um, I feel like maybe there should have been, you know, let, let's let see how they're, how they're getting along. Um, I dislike that, you know, it's just five years since they settled on the new planet and everything seems cool. You know, they've got a thriving industry, thriving ag- agriculture. I would have liked to have seen them
2: work for that. I think you'll see that in that Digital First series a little bit more. Uh, I think it had more weight if we saw it before this. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Well,
1: Aaron, right, I'm done. I'm literally done. <laughs> you and I picked up a book this week that I'm really curious on your take on. We jumped on board for the Empire uh, Kree Scroll War number zero and loved it. We all jumped on board for the Empire. Was it Avengers last week? And all hated it. Mm-hmm. So Empire Fantastic Four number zero. What was your what were your thoughts on it? Well, you know, it's written by
0: Dan Slot with art by uh, R.B. Silva. Um, I love the artwork in the book. And I got to tell you, I had to come at it twice to finish it because the first several pages that take place in the Profiteers game arena, um, you know, it's, it's a you know, casino cosmico, I think is what it's called, um, annoyed me so much. It just it reminded me of Contest of Champions and not in a good way um that I put it down the first time I, I read it. And I, I I didn't make it out of the initial uh pages. I mean, you know, they essentially have a twelve sided die that uh you know lands on the the Cree and the scroll that are fighting in this in this uh contest
1: and it says critical hit
0: and I'm like, okay, I'm out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was page eight before we see the Fantastic Four
0: yeah, which is strange when you know the Fantastic Four are uh, you know the 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 title characters of the book of a thirty uh, two page book. But once the Fantastic Four showed up and I got to that part, uh, and I read this last night, whereas I tried to start it on Wednesday, um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I loved the artwork. I enjoyed the Fantastic Four being the Fantastic Four, I liked that everybody had something to do. Johnny, Ben. Reed, Sue, the two kids. I mean, I, I, I liked uh, I liked that everybody w- was was working. Everybody was doing their thing, and it didn't feel like anyone was being paid any short shrift. Um, I, 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 I dug it a lot. The, I do have concerns that there is a panel that I sent to you guys last night uh, that Johnny is caressing Ben's belt buckle. And I, <laughs> I'm a little concerned about what that says about Uh, Ben and Johnny's relationship Ben is a married man for God's sake uh I am I am just not I'm I'm a little concerned about for Alicia's (laughs) behalf I I uh I for God's sake but uh, other than that you know I I really enjoyed the book I I enjoyed it a lot tell me tell me
1: what I really enjoyed is once the Fantastic Four show up it felt like the book I'm reading in Fantastic Four and it's because Dan Slott was writing it too yes but the characters all felt like they're they feel when I regularly read the book it was the whole family vibe i love that when sue catches the kids uh, gambling instead of just dragging them off she starts cheating for them uh huh cuz that was just it was amusing it's one of those that's not something you normally expect a mother to do but they kind of need their ship back and they need what? fuel and it helped defeat the
0: profiteer, right? Yeah. He's an
1: elder of the universe. Um,
0: I, I I thought initially, I was like, what the fuck is she doing? And then I was like, oh, I get it. You know, I, I, I dug it. I, I dug this book. You know, it's it's all about um, how this casino uh, run by the profiteer is having a war reenactments, so the Kree Scroll war reenactments. And you know you think that these are you know, old and gnarled uh, veterans of the Cree Scroll war. They've got one Cree, one scroll, and they're having to put them back together at the end of each match. They're kids. They're kids who have been bred for this sole purpose. And so of course that goes all over Ben Grimm. And they liberate these kids by the end of the, by the end of the story, and yeah, take them they, home with
1: them. They don't just find their way out; they bring the kids with them because they're the Fantastic Four.
0: Yeah, and I mean, they they literally extend the arm of family around these two kids. And uh, I I thought I Dan Slot has really found his his groove in writing the Fantastic Four, and I truly believe that Dan Slot's voice has been grim. Um, yeah, I, it, 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 I I feel. Like I'm hearing Dan Slott talk through him, and how charmed uh, Ben Grimm is by these kids. And we've seen in in previous iterations that Ben is really good with kids. And and you know these kids are literally talking about murdering each other. And you know Ben says, "What? They're kids and those little voices of theirs. Oh, those still kill me like tiny chipmunks." I I I, I, I love the way these characters are written. Yeah, I I, I, I dug the book.
1: The other thing I found really interesting is the end of the Avengers one set it up like the Fantastic Four were leading the armies to Earth. And it was going to be Avengers versus Fantastic Four. And you see in this issue, that's not at all what's going on. Yeah. Fantastic Four just drop out of like hyperspace or whatever it is and into the middle of all of this armada. Yeah. And good book. Yeah. It's so two out of three of them have been good. So I'm on board for Empire number one.
2: So, Paul. Yes, sir. You and I went back to school this week. We did. You know, it was, it's was. it been months since the first issue of Strange Academy, uh, written by mm-hmm. Scotty Young, art by Umberto Ramos and Edgar Delgado. And, uh, you know, the, much like this week's issue of Doctor Strange, I was hesitant to jump in because I'm like... I don't remember much <laughs> about the last issue. Um, did you have the same reaction I did? We're only on issue two. A That's bit. where I was. I was like, "It seems like we should be further along." Well, really, course, this is know. the second then, issue in six months, right? I think the first right. issue was yeah. some, you know, around February, something like that. Um, you know, so I, I, you know, I just wanted to briefly touch on on this book because I, I did go ahead and pick it up, and uh, you know, I gave it a read, and I loved it. Um, you know, I I really enjoyed the first issue. I liked this one even more than the first issue. I feel like you know the first issue, I I think one of the the things we had about it was that it felt like a lot of characters. It felt like a lot happening in one book. Yeah. The second issue feels much the same, but the characters are being, are growing into their distinct personalities enough that I can tell them apart. Right? Yeah. I'm I'm still not fully following their school day and their full school (laughs) school schedule. Um, I, I think that's intentionally chaotic. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I, am, I am... I am being... I am distinguishing the characters. They all have um, distinct personalities. And that's hard to do when you have... Roughly like a dozen main characters. Um, you know, in, in this book. But, uh, you know, they, they they are distinguishable. They are visually different. You've got Emily, Doyle, Shaylee, Alvie, Irik, Desi, Zoe, Gus, German, Toth, and Calvin. And they all have just different looks, different appearances, different personalities, um, and that's hard. That's hard to do. Um, and I, I enjoy—I know Wayne's not a fan. I enjoy the Umberto Ramos art because, yeah, given you know, one, it's beautiful, but two, there's so much happening on every page. He does not skimp on the background details and the little Easter mm-hmm. eggs. And you know, it's very easy to do that when there's so much. When you have oh, yeah. all those main characters. You usually don't get much in the way of backgrounds and in here every, you know, the, the, the school has a personality and a life to it. And I enjoy that. Yeah, I, I thought it was a great book. The uh, I it, it, to your
0: point about the backgrounds, I spent a lot of time looking to see what was there. You know, when, uh, the ancient one is talking about, okay, we're going to learn about mag- magical artifacts and he's got this whole table of stuff there. I'm like, Ooh, what's that? What's that? I'm going to need to know more about that. Uh, I-, I, thought that was great. I love that, uh, you know, magic, Ileana Rasputin and, uh, uh, Hellstrom are teaching a class <laughs> and, <laughs> and when, um, two kids act up one kid started the class and the other kid's just an ass, uh you know instead of sending them into the hall she sends them to hell <laughs> <laughs> and they get to they get to spend the rest of the day fighting for their lives in hell i mean detention at uh, Strange Academy is a bitch. Yeah. But, you know, the whole point
2: was, you know, they grow together, right? They have to rely on each right. other to, to survive. And I thought, you know, that, that's fun. And I will say, um, you know, when this first arc finishes, and I don't know if this is planned to be an extended, you know, an ongoing series or a miniseries or what. Um, hopefully Marvel is smart enough to make a deal with Scholastic to, you know, put this book in, in hardcover in bookstores and, you know, mm-hmm. wherever young adults get their books because it's, you know, we, we talked it's basically Marvel's Harry Potter. Um, but, you know, since J.K. Rowling is shitting the bed, you know, put put something right. out there for uh for, for kids to read and, and grasp on to because uh, I think this is a really fun book and a good way to get kids into comics.
0: Did you uh, enjoy the class descriptions at the end of the book? I did.
2: I did. I thought that was fun. Yeah. You know, I like that they did yeah. that.
0: You know, I love the, you know, AP microeconomics fulfills one social studies credit equivalent to an introductory level college course in microeconomics. Students will learn to think about the individual economic decisions, make and get to know the forces and principles that influence their behavior, such as markets, policy, uh, mala suerte, scarcity, cost benefits, marginal analysis, and hashizo. Instructor Senor Magico.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I like that Dr. Strange's name is crossed out. Like, he's busy. Zelma's going to teach this class. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And written in crayon. Zelma.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so you guys didn't read uh, Dr. Strange this week. They do reference Strange Academy, and he actually goes there for a couple pages and makes a comment about how it's this this place that he sometimes kind of teaches, but he doesn't have time to actually do anything with it. Mm Mm-hmm. So I got it. I did get a kick out of that quick
2: reference to it. Well, I, I appreciate that connection. So it's a fun book. Definitely recommended if you're if you're if, you know no. if that's your type of uh, your type of book. If you love things like Wolverine and the X Men, and you know, kind of seeing young heroes um, come into their own, like Avengers Academy, that kind of stuff. This feels like that kind of book. Yeah, it's good stuff. I recommend sure. it. Uh, hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What, what's coming out next week? Next week, we have, uh, you know, since we're talking about Marvel Comics, we have the new issue of Avengers featuring The Age of Khonshu, issue two, you know, continuing that storyline. Um, yep. We also have Empire, issue one, uh, from Al Ewing, Dan Slott, and Valerio Sheedy. Uh, are you guys picking up Empire, issue one? I am. Ugh. I am. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the fence. We'll see. We'll see how I feel next week. Um, from DC Comics, the Road to Joker War continues in the pages of Nightwing, written by Dan Jurgens. Just putting that out there. Uh, written, and I know you're really enjoying the Road to Joker War. I really am. I really am. Yeah. I think James the IV is doing a bang up job. I'm looking, and I'm, I'm actually going to pick this issue up. It's Nightwing versus Punchline, and Dan Jurgens, um, you know, rarely steers me wrong. So I'm going to pick up the newest issue of Nightwing. You know, this is building up to Nightwing, re, re, you know, getting rid of the Rick Grayson persona, going back to being Dick Grayson. Um, so I'm going to pick up Nightwing issue 72. Um, also from DC Comics, we have the third issue of Strange Adventures from Tom King, Mitch Jarrods, and Doc Shaner. Uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal issue two is coming out as well. Um, I would imagine because of the, the the coronavirus related delays, this series might actually be released on time. Fingers crossed, um, <laughs> you know. And from you know other independent publishers from Boom, we have Once in Future Issue Nine, and uh, Wayne. Just of interest to your uh, tastes and my tastes, um, Transformers '84: uh, Secrets and Lies is Ooh-hoo. a new miniseries featuring a tale in the original Transformers comic universe, um, written by Simon Furman, art by Guido Guidi Oh, I'm on board. Yeah, I'm. T- I'm I might check that out. Very so, good. Well, stuff next
0: week. remember to send us your fond remembrances of Tim, um, <laughs> and, and you can do that at 972-763-5903. That number again, 972-763-5903. How else can they get
2: those fond remembrances to us, Paul? You can also hit us up on social media. We are IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
0: Hashtag RageyRedTim. Tim. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all, right, guys. all
0: right guys we'll we'll do it all over again next week bye podcast theme music graciously provided by mark andrew pope for more information visit MarkandrewPope.com. funny books with aaron and polly is a production of ideology of no spider-man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast